listening to Stairway Spirits, a production of Ghostly Talk. Stairway Spirits is a free podcast and research project examining supernatural activity on or around staircases. The stories are wide and vast, so join us, won't you? I think everyone loves to sit down and have a meal at a restaurant. It has been a business, profession, and hobby for some since the dawn of our republic. Sometimes, though, people see more than the menu at some of these places. James Willis was nice enough to sit down and talk with me about a restaurant in Somerset, Ohio, that he covered in his book, Ohio's Historic Haunts. James and his team experienced some very interesting stairway activity at this location that I was excited to hear about. James, I want to thank you again for taking some time to come talk to us here on Stairway Spirits. Um, I haven't done one of these in a little while, and we just had you recently on Ghostly Talk, our sister program. And I thought, gosh darn it, I know if there's if there's somebody who would like to talk about stairway stuff like this, it would be James. And I'm glad I reached out to you because sure enough, yeah, you were like, oh, I got something to tell you about. So thank you again, James, for coming back on kind of the, uh, the other program here and talking to us about some stuff. Oh, uh, no, the pleasure, as always, is all mine. It's uh, it's always fun to talk with you guys. Thanks, man. And what we're going to talk about tonight is I just want to get into this because this, this sounds very, very interesting. Clay Haas, which is a restaurant yes. in Somerset, Ohio. Let's yes. talk about, can we talk about a little bit of history of this location for a second, please? Yeah, sure. Um, Somerset, Ohio is off to the, it's not too far from Columbus, it's to the, the east, uh, technically, it might be the southeast. It's in Perry County. Mm-hmm. Uh, Somerset's sort of like a little uh, German village, which is why the idea of a clay house, H-A-U-S, mm-hmm. the name of the restaurant, where it came from there. Um, and it was started by a, a woman called Betty Snyder. And the interesting thing about it and where the house part of clay house comes from is uh, while it is a restaurant, it started as an actual house, you know, a, a regular home um, that was back to the early 1800s. So you've got a lot of you know family activities going, taking place there. And then when uh, Betty Snyder purchased it in the 70s, mm-hmm. um, it was to fix it up and basically turn it into the restaurant that it is today. The part that is just really fascinating to me from like a historical perspective is that um, Betty wanted it to be sort of like a roadside stop, Um, not like a tourist trap, but as a place where travelers could stop because back in the day, um, 22, basically Ohio 22 goes straight through there. Mm -hmm. There wasn't much before or after when you went through that <laughs> section of 22. And so Clayhouse was started as to almost be sort of like a, a roadside second home for like the weary traveler to sort of stop in. Okay. And so Clayhouse was started and still to this day has a very, very homey feel to it, which I, I totally love. Um, I found out about Clayhouse when I was doing back in 20, oh, geez. Um, maybe 2002 or so. Mm. No, it'd be two thousand. Yeah. Somewhere around in there. Um, and it heard about it and the stories that it supposedly was haunted, but it wasn't until I started doing research for my book, Ohio's historic haunts that I really sort of 
latched on to Clayhouse. And what I was doing with Ohio's Historic Haunts was um, the premise of the book was that historic buildings, some of them over time gain a reputation as being haunted. Yeah, yeah. And that even if you can't validate the haunting, the ghost story is going to work to keep actual history alive. So mm -hmm. that's why I was drawn to Clayhouse. Um, and for the book, it started with each chapter had its own location. The first third was straight ahead history. The second third was the one-on-one -on -one interviews with the owners and the patrons who believed that they had a ghost encounter. Mm -hmm. um, I basically wanted to do those one-on-one -on -one, um, just so that I could tell any of my readers, yep, you know what? I looked across the table and didn't call BS. These people believed they had their encounters. And then the last third of each chapter was me using all my fancy equipment to see if I could have a similar ghost encounter. So for all of that background is when I went out there to do the one-on-one -on -one interviews, I met with um, several members of the Snyder family, including, including Scott Snyder, mm -hmm. um, who manages it there. He's also a wonderful, wonderful chef. Mm -hmm. And both he and a lot of, uh, we interviewed some patrons as well as other staff workers. And they all said that, they would sometimes see ghosts on the staircase. Now, the interesting thing about that is um, the building is th three stories. And originally, when it was used for the restaurant, it was just the, the main floor that yeah. was the restaurant part. The basement, which has since been converted into more restaurant space and also a, a killer bar, um, that was at the time where the um, employees, when they were sort of taking their dinner breaks or something, they would go and sit down right around the fire and sort of take their breaks. Mm -hmm. But as they were sitting there, if you, they sort of would look off to their left, they could see this staircase, which was basically a um, set of stairs, a landing, you know, a kind of jog over a landing, and then another flight of stairs that would drop directly into um, you know, the basement for all intents and purposes. Yeah, yeah. And they said that they would see people that would sort of come down the stairs, come around the landing and start maybe halfway down the next flight of stairs and then stand there for a second or two. And sometimes they would just turn and go back up the stairs. And at other points they would just sort of dissipate. And all of the people who we interviewed said the same thing that their initial thought was not that's a ghost is these ghosts or spirits or what they were seeing appeared solid so that when they were looking at it, they each thought that's a person that's a, a patron who is gotten lost looking for the bathroom or something like that. And in some cases they would actually stand up and go over to get ready to talk to them. At that point, the ghost would, as I said, either dissipate or go back up the stairs. Mm -hmm. um, so for that, when it came to the actual investigation part, we obviously wanted to focus on the staircase. And one of the devices that we use, um, we call it our capo system, but it's basically a uh, vernier lab pro system, okay. um, which, which normal people use um it's often used in high schools for sort of high school science experiments it's essentially a data logger that you can create a, basically a, a ghostly tackle box you can connect all of these um probes 
or you know or sensors mm-hmm. that would measure whatever you need to measure most normal people would use it to use the temperature ones to detect you know how hot or cold something got you could check the um gravitational poles you can detect um static electricity all those sorts of things the reason we use it is because we would line up several ambient temperature devices uh in the case of the stairs we would put them at the top of the stairs at the middle of the stairs and at the bottom the temperature device would data log and you could actually track if a cold breeze were to move from one sensor to the next. So you could detect the path of a cold spot should it happen. Um, The same thing with the EMF field. We had several probes that we would put at the top of a staircase in the center and at the bottom. Again, that if it would trigger, you would be able to detect the path of an EMF field as it was moving through. so we rigged that up. You know, we had all of these sensors going up the stairs to the landing and then down the second set. Now, as we're setting it up, we run the data logger, um, which is right in front of, and it's at the middle of the staircase. We run the data logger, through, you know, through an HDMI cable into a laptop, which we had set up at the bottom of the stairs on a table. So that what we could do is those sensors will take a reading up I think it's every half a second. So you can watch on the, on the basically use the laptop as a monitor and you can see all these atmospheric changes taking place. It's yeah. I was going to say in real time. Right? Out. In yes, real time, exactly. More or less. Yeah. Okay. Which is great because it'll, you know, because we can be like, wow, the temperature is dropping up on the third floor. Say, you know, it allows us to kind of interact that way. The downside is that in this case at Clayhouse, as we were setting up, we still had more things to set up. So we were walking up and down the staircases. We were moving, you know, setting up equipment. Mm-hmm. What it inadvertently allowed is for us to see what people looked like when they were walking up and down the stairs. So you would see the temperature devices trigger one right after another, as the person was say coming down the stairs, you'd see the EMFs trigger. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we were able to create sort of, okay, if a real person comes down the stairs this is what it's going to look like so mm-hmm. i am actually setting at the uh the monitors looking at it and i'm there with um another investigator my mark and we had not actually begun the investigation the lights were still on and we were just looking at everything and we started to see the temperature in the emf sensors on the screen we noticed that they basically were both dropping, which was almost a mirror of what a person would it would do, how it would react to a person. So we both initially thought it was just one of the investigators coming down the stairs. We then watched as one sensor after another triggered exactly the same way as a person would trigger them. And as we're looking at the monitors, we're like, okay, somebody's coming down the stairs. And then we looked up and we could see the staircase and there's nobody on the staircase. Oh. We then watched as the sensors continued to trigger until they got, they came down the stairs to the landing, then turned and came about halfway down the stairs and held for a few seconds. And then it reversed and went back up. There was never anybody on the staircase during that entire time. 
the the stairs, which you know, as all old staircases do, normally would creak if they, you know if we were stepping on. Yeah. There was no sound that accompanied it. So, but looking at that, what the sensors recorded, and putting it up against what we as normal people looked like going up and down the stairs, it was almost exact. Except in that instance. Mark and I were looking right at the staircase with all the lights on and there was nobody on the staircase. Yeah. And there was obviously no, no audible Creek as we already said too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and to me, that has always been the most fascinating yet perplexing things that I personally witnessed because to say that there was something that definitely either had a temperature or was causing temperature fluctuations and also was either giving off emf or doing something to affect the emf levels from the top of the stairs across the landing and then down it, we couldn't figure out what was actually doing that and we still to this day have not we tested the equipment all of the sensors they were functioning as it should uh -huh. and for the rest of the night they continued to work exactly you know as they normally do so it was just that one instance and mark and i still talk about it that you know we were not investigating at that point but we're very thankful that at that one particular time we were just setting up right next to the monitor and were able to see that happening yeah. because if we had gone back afterwards we would have probably just written that activity off as just being somebody, one of us going down the yeah, stairs. Somebody walking up and down the stairs, but you, you watch this happen with the, with the aid of obviously of the sensors and your own eyes. Um, yes. you guys were able to experience this. Um, did you guys dig into any of the, I know you've obviously dug into the history of the, and you know what I have to say before we go any further, as you were talking about uh, clay house, um, I Googled it down and just was looking at image of the place, images of the place. I, and, just as a sideline, I love German architecture. I just love the way the inside, I've been to plenty of German bars and German restaurants, and there is just something very, very just comfortable about, about those, those structures I've been to. And I'm looking at the pictures of Clay House, and I get that same feeling when I look at it. I'm like, man, I just want to go there. And of course, I see the pictures of the food. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a wonderful place. I mean, yeah. it's 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 the complete opposite of when, you know, when they're like, Oh, there's a haunted restaurant, you know, that they think it's going to be like yeah. spooky. No, it, it feels, it looks cool. It feels yeah. like home when you go in there. And, and yeah. uh, the, the, I can't speak enough about the idea that that's why Betty started this. She wanted it to be, and they were always going to be open. I mean, Scott would tell stories about how, you know, they, there would be a giant blizzard, but, is Betty would make him go down there because mm -hmm. you know what? One person might be trying to drive on those roads in the middle of the night and they were going to need a place to stop to get a warm meal. So to me, aside from the, the ghosts on the staircase, I could see a ghost wanting to hang out there, you know, or somebody who, when they yeah. were alive, found it to be a welcoming, you know, respite, if you will, you know, a place where they could kind of, just kind of chill out for a while. So yeah, when it's, it's a perfect example of that. I mean, there yeah. were other stories with regard to like, you know, hearing knocks on the, the front door and it's <laughs> like, well, that, that makes total sense to me. You know, are you open? Can I come in for a bit? Well, and it makes me think about that in a broader spectrum of this, 
you know, a disembodied spirit uh, entity, whatever we want to call it. Um, I wonder if that is something, and we and we often talk about. I mean, cemeteries. I mean, I think we were all young once, and it's something I totally veer away from now, as far as the places of investigation. And I've and I've had plenty of smarter people than me uh, theorize on this and say, if you're a, a disembodied spirit, your energy. The last place you're going to want to go to is a cemetery, I think. It's not very exciting. <laughs> not very fun, yes. you know. Um, you're going to want to go somewhere that, where you feel comfortable, it seems like. If, yep. you're, if you're going to haunt something, let's say, <laughs> right? Um, sure, yeah. You know, and maybe not even intentionally. I, I don't think, I, I, you know, again, always a disclaimer. Everything's theory here. Um, I don't think that most of the hauntings, like, and I say hauntings in quotes for this, for this statement, um, that you know they they were they are being done by by people spirits uh, consciousness whatever it may be going <laughs> I'm gonna go and scare people here I don't think that's ever really the case I don't think most people if if you're a you're a ball of energy or you're just this energy being or whatever again I'm I, I don't know what the name is exactly but if you're something that's out there that doesn't have a physical body anymore I you may not even know what you're doing. Right. So that that goes back to this idea. Well, Clayhouse, man, I used to love to hang out there and drink, man. That was cool. <laughs> I love that joint. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then suddenly you get into a car accident, you know, and you, and then you think about maybe you're 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 floating around on the other side there and you go, man, what was the, my favorite place to go to? Maybe you were alone or you didn't really hang out. You know, you didn't like to hang out at home. You like, you like going to the bar. And maybe that was the joint was was Clayhouse. Right. For example. And that's maybe. Um, one way to explain this, so to say, on the outside, staircases aside, too, um, of why maybe there is activity here. I, I mean, and again, just that's just a wild idea. It just got me thinking about that as you were talking, James. No, I mean, I, to me, that makes total sense, because when I think of Clayhouse, they definitely have that idea or that notion of all are welcome here. So... It, if you're going to go down that path, well, that would include ghosts too. You know, all are welcome here. You can stop, you know, you can stop by any time. I mean, they also had reports and we didn't get anything, but the going up to the, the, the top floor, there was a, there was another set of stairs that they had reported seeing ghosts walking on those stairs as well. So okay. it's, it's again, I think it's for, specifically for the staircases here at clay house mm -hmm. you have the idea that okay in any house there's going to be a lot of activity on staircases yeah you know and and now you're bringing in the idea that you know since the the 70s it's been a restaurant that is now multiple floors so you're going to have a lot of activity going up and down those staircases as well so is mm -hmm. that holding you know, that energy in place there, because, you know, if, if you're like me, man, I'm at the age now, I exert a lot of energy going up and downstairs. Well, so, yeah. You know. <laughs> and I mean, and I'm, I'm getting there too. I'm right with you, James, but to that's a very serious point to this whole thing. I think though, and it's something I've, I've pondered on a lot and I've talked to other people about this, even on this podcast, um, about the idea of the energy exertion you're doing, you know, you're, you're, Go, going up or down doesn't matter to me. It, it's it's the same thing both ways. I think um, there's this idea of stress, and there's this idea of energy exertion. I think a lot of people don't like stairs. I know lots of people that are afraid of stairs. Um, 
more so going down them than going up them because I've said this before on this podcast also, going downstairs is more or less a controlled fall. <laughs> That's basically where it is. Yeah. It's, it's a controlled yep. fall, right? And it's very easy to trip up and, and, and really fall. So that's what makes it scary for people, I think, more so to go downstairs than to go upstairs, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, all, we've all tripped up on – I know I've done it. I'd probably do it next week sometime too uh, where you're going upstairs and you trip a little bit and you go, oh, and you put your arms out and you put your hands down and you're good. Right, you're not moving. You're okay. You trip up going downstairs. That can be disastrous. It can be it can be catastrophic. Right. So mm-hmm. yes, there's this all these th- that whole ball of stuff right there. I'm talking about is goes back to Clayhouse here. So you do have all these people going up and down these stairs at all times of the day and night, probably carrying stuff if they're working. Right. Yes. Which adds even more to this <laughs> idea of stress and energy exertion. And what I'm Starting to, like, again, it's just all theory, James. We both know that. But the theory I'm coming up with here on this is that charges the environment to a certain degree, I think. That energy you're exerting may have an effect on other things. Let's call them other dimensions around us, possibly. Or however uh, these disembodied spirits somehow are able to communicate or even be seen or be detected by sensors. Um, People may be charging the environment. I mean, I know I know there's the idea of poltergeists and that idea where, you know, the person is kind of the catalyst for the environment. And this may be kind of the same thing where where it's a lot less negative emotions or high emotion. It's just you going up and down stairs, which I guess could still generate negative emotions also. Stress, a little bit, you know, a little bit of turbulence in your life because stairs are kind of scary. I'm calling it charging the environment, right? And if you're doing that, that could explain why you're, you know, why you guys, for example, saw what you saw on that day. Yeah, as well as the fact that, you know, right along the lines where you are, which I, I mean, I, I'm tracking with you because mm-hmm. when we were doing the investigate, you know, preparing for the investigation, my team was actually exerting a lot of energy on those stairs because we were going, you know, we were down in the basement. We're having to go up two flights of stairs to actually set up all the equipment. So there was a lot lot of of back and forth there. So it could it be tied into that? We we were able to see, well, the, the activity, we didn't actually see anything physical, but were was our actual going up and down the stairs creating that environment that allowed that activity to happen and the reason that we didn't see it later on is because once the investigation started we were kind of in our different areas and we stayed there so there and you was weren't on the stairs much activity. exactly you weren't climbing up and down the stairs right yep the activity slowed down so is there some sort of relationship between actual you know exerting energy and the energy being allowed to happen because we're Kind of putting that energy into the air. Yeah, you're will. charging. I mean, you're charging the environment. That's yeah. To me, I mean, you're it's the same the way. Yeah. Go ahead. I think that there is something to be said for, you know, it was a dark and stormy night. Well, if there's electricity in the form of lightning, there's electricity in the air. So who's to say that it couldn't get pulled from that? You know, I mean, yeah, so yeah. I, I think there's a lot there. There's also the idea too, which you know, it's it's something that. I think is sort of fascinating is that Betty, you know, Mrs. Snyder, the one who started it, um, she actually saw the ghosts. She has since passed Betty, Um, but she saw the ghosts and saw, I mean, 
one of the interesting stories is that she was down in the basement, pretty much where Mark and I were when we had our encounter. Uh-huh. And she saw three ghosts come down the stairs and she was with a friend. And after they kind of went away, they looked at each other and was like, did you see that? Uh-huh. And they basically claimed to see the same thing all the way down to the fact that they, they were middle-aged they didn't have facial hair. I mean, it was very specific. Very detailed. Now, if so, Betty was aware of the ghost there. Since she's passed, could she be there now? Because if you think about it, you know, she now has these stories. Hey, you know what? All the ghosts are hanging around in the staircase, you know? So, oh, yeah. And- I, she loved it there. So is now she joining in the fun, you know? Well, going down, going down. Built. Yeah. I mean, going down that, that path I mentioned a few minutes ago, why not? I mean, and again, we both know this is all theory and these are all ideas we're throwing around here. Right. But, but it's nice to think about that at least too. Like, you know, yeah, she's joining in on the fun now too. Like, Hey, I, I wondered now I know, <laughs> and this is yeah, pretty cool. And, it, you know? and her, and her family still owns it. So, you know, she's kind of, Keeping an eye on the place, making sure that Scott's going down to the snowstorm and keeping it open for everybody. Yeah. Now, as far as the stairs are concerned there, too, and I mean, I don't know how much information you have on this. Has there been any type of stories about the staircases themselves? I mean, is there anything that that popped up or am I just going on a, a dead end here on that? In terms of that, like something well, had happened on the uh, stairs? Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I've heard of I've heard plenty of stories about staircases like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was nothing. To the staircases, they were just an old set of wooden stairs. You know, it was, they didn't, the stairs also did not have that, we call it the Alice in Wonderland effect. You know, if the stairs are are kind of crooked or something, that can sometimes make people feel uneasy on them just because yeah. it's kind of like a fun, the fun house type of effect. No, they had handrails and everything. They were just staircases, but for whatever reason, the activity at Clayhouse seemed to be centered around those yeah. staircases. Now, another thing about the stairs I want to ask you, too, is, and again, this is, I know you're going by memory here on this, so it's cool. How, how did the pitch feel on that? Did it feel like they were like a higher pitch, like, you know, steep, I should say, or were they less steep or how, how do they feel to you? No, they, it was just like a normal staircase. If I remember correctly, I think a portion of one of the set of stairs I think going down to the base, one of them actually had been sort of updated where it had the slip proof because they were wooden stairs. So it had the, yeah, I guess, yeah. OSHA or somebody had kind of made them oh, yeah. kind of make mm-hmm. sure that they were slip proof. But no, other than that, there was, they were, it wasn't a spiral staircase. There wasn't, I mean, they had, we even started looking at on both of the landings, you know, they had some sort of, no decorations and one had like a little table on it, but there was nothing. There were no objects that seemed to be giving off any sort of, you know, weird readings where it's like, okay, maybe it's tied to these because they, they did have, you know, antiques and things throughout the building. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it didn't seem tied to anything like that. It just felt like normal stairs. And they were Mm. also in the um, sort of in the middle of, of the the house. So it, it could have been, that okay this was the main staircase at the time but no they were just regular old stairs there's i i asked that because you know we talked about this on the show before a little bit here about some of the older staircases they weren't 
they weren't built like in Victorian England, for example. Some of the staircases, especially the ones that were for the servants, <laughs> were yes. were not built. I mean, yeah, of course, the you know the old you know, the Victorian homes and stuff like that. Um, you know, of course, the staircases were usually they were the center point, like you said a second ago about about Clay House. the The staircase was kind of like the the focal point of the house, like a grand staircase that that spiraled or or turned to the left or you know swooshed up to the top levels of the house. I mean, staircases generally are they're, they're works of art. We both know that. Um, yes. So um, there's been stories, and they've done this research on some of these older homes. And the servants, the backs of the house where the servants would go up and down to serve food and whatnot, those stairs, let's say they just sucked. <laughs> they weren't very, yeah, sure. they, yep. they were very, they were, the pitch was really, was really hard on them. They were very difficult to climb, uh, steep, right? Uh, they were uneven. They weren't built with, with precise craftsmanship. They were just built to be functioning, Right. And there were a lot of accidents as a result of that. So that's why I asked that because some of the older homes, yeah, they were built by hand and maybe they did have good tradesmen who were working on them. It doesn't mean they were exact, you know, every single step was exactly the same. And, you know, we've heard of that where people, um, I've seen it happen on homes where a step gets out of line or somebody builds a step and then people trip. Because they climb six or seven steps, and it's like, oh, well, your body adjusts, your brain adjusts to that. Well, this is how high I have to right, raise my right leg, then my left leg to get to that next step. And then you come to one, it's a couple inches shorter, you're, you damn, damn near break your knee because <laughs> you crack into the step, right? Um, that's one of the things I think about with these things, too, is, you know, that, that, that I guess, that architecture and stuff like that. So um, it, it's nice to know that those stairs are actually, they're sound. It's, according to you, they're sound and they're not, they're not messed up in any way. No, they've actually, and I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but I'm fairly certain that they are not original to the building. And the okay. reason I say that is because yeah. when they moved in, uh, in the, I want to say it was, it was the, I'm going to say like 1970. It was like the late 70s when they actually went in. Up until that point, it had just been an old, you know, 19th century house mm-hmm. that they were trying to fix up. Mm-hmm. And at that, at that point, the basement was just they had to go down and the basement which is where you know, we were it's where the monsters um, the monsters are, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> they ha- they had to dig down like another foot yeah to actually make that sort of like a usable space and i'll never forget it i think they i don't know if they still have them there but when they were sort of digging out the basement to get you know to get the height that they needed to use it as a regular room they were digging up like animal bones they were like civil war buttons and all these other strange things that they weren't sure if they had actually come from the house or if they predated the actual house if it was you know if it was like they just open built on built on top of that or something exactly yes so so that's what made the idea that those stairs even more fascinating because you're like okay i think those if it was a ghost i don't know if it if it's walking here was the part that was frustrating is that (laughs) is that to me you know, if we're doing an investigation and we can hear, say, footsteps on a staircase and we can tell, you know, we hear the creaking and we're like, okay, that 
ghost or that energy is walking or doing something to those existing staircases. You know, the times when you hear the you hear the the footsteps and you can't tell are they really on that stairs or is some sort of residual thing. What was frustrating here is we couldn't tell because we didn't hear anything or see anything. It was just measurements that were all jacked. So we couldn't tell, is it related to this staircase that we're looking at now? Or is it from a previous staircase? And it really has less to do with the stairs and more to do with the stairs that had been there in the previous house. So Troy and I, on a previous episode of Stairway Spirits, talked about the Lincoln Theater, right? Yes. And he talked about this very idea that they've seen, they've seen wispy things ascending up what looked like basically they would just kind of be going in an upward diagonal direction in the air. And when they did some research, they found that, you know, the building had been renovated several times in the upper levels with the buildings next to it, and that there were actual stairways that had been torn out. Uh, and they had been torn out for just, you know, renovation of the building next to it, right? So what Troy mm-hmm. Troy's theory on that, the idea was just that. Like, we're seeing things walking stairways that aren't there anymore. <laughs> but they think there's yeah. still stairs, which is exactly what you're talking about, James. Yeah, and, and to even throw further confusion into Clayhouse <laughs> is, is when... They were digging out, you know, what they believed was the basement. Mm-hmm. They suddenly noticed that as they were digging, the the f- windows from upstairs were up against the wall. So in other words, they were like, wow, it actually looks like what we thought was the main floor was actually the second story. <laughs> and that the basement that we're digging out was the original first floor that the street yeah because the way clay house is set up you basically walk in off the street and you you know you go across the the sidewalk and then you walk in what is the main level yeah but they are thinking that the main level was actually the basement level and that the street was actually lower and that the street was then filled in essentially making the second story the street level entrance the mm-hmm. way that it is today. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, what was where the stairs were having these phenomena, what was going on there? Did they still exist or, yeah. you know, it's just, <laughs> that's where it gets confusing because the, like what you were saying with Troy, it said, you know, the whole idea that, you know, you've got this residual type energy that's mm-hmm. doing something that's related to stairs that are no longer there. You're yeah. seeing almost like a replay of a moment in time. Exactly. Exactly. And that's and that's what we talked. I mean, that's exactly what we said when we when he was we were discussing that. That was a while back. Uh, it's the same idea here. You're seeing, yeah, you're seeing playbacks of stuff, the structures that used to be there. What really, what really gets me though, James, is when yeah, and there have people. I, there's people I've talked to that have reported hearing actual creaking. And that's what really, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, what you're talking, what you, what this, what you guys experienced at Clayhouse is fascinating, but what really freaks me out <laughs> is when I've talked to people and they say, well, yeah, we, 
we're we're listening to each step creak and we don't see anybody there <laughs> and people just flat out right. saw, you know so what that's telling me is that something's interacting with the environment something has mass because you have yeah. to have mass to make that happen right so this, yep. this thing has some kind of mass to to make that to affect its environment like that uh and that's what really puts the hook in me is, is stuff like that and again it's few and far between i think but that that that's what really puts the hooks in me yeah and, and i mean it makes total sense because we've been trying to come up with a way to sort of measure that i mean mm -hmm. we played with the idea of pressure plates or even like at one point we were going to rip open one of those old nintendo dance mats and get the little <laughs> press sensors because that's a, great you know, idea. In, that's a cool put idea. it in a you know put it in like a runner rug and then run it up the stairs yeah. because exactly what you said if if something is exerting enough force or pressure you know on those stairs to make them creak that means it's got to have enough mass or density or stuff. So now we're getting into crazy things here. But if we could determine how much force is needed yeah. to cause those things to creak, yeah, can we get a step closer to measuring the weight or the mass of a ghost that way? Yeah. Because if, we, if you know what it is, that it, it's like, yep, I can totally hear it that is that step yeah and it is it, it's something is exerting pressure on it yeah that, but, well, that's the mechanics of this thing that's what and that's, yeah that, I mean, that's not crazy stuff that's the mechanics of this thing and i think it's what we're, we're all trying to figure out here is the actual mechanics of this thing how it mechanically works you know how a, a, a person with no body is able to navigate and interact with their environment um that's what really gets me is that uh and again, and we're, I know we're both scratching our heads right now <laughs> because right. That's, what we're, that's what we've been doing for the last 20, 30 years. <laughs> it's just that. But um, yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've heard that really, and I mean, we've heard that not to go too far in the weeds, but uh, we, we, you know, there's been EVPs we've recorded some of the, some of the most compelling ones, I think that we've, we've, we've recorded over decades now. We're ones that you hear the sound and this ties right in with what I'm talking about. You hear the sound but let's say like one we recorded was inside of a, an enclosed bridge. So wood, wood enclosed bridge, right? Mm -hmm. um, we hear a voice say something and we hear an echo. So what's that, what that's telling me is that that voice is interacting with the environment around it, right? It's responding yeah. like my voice would where my when i would when i would project something from my top hatch uh it's going to respond to the and with to the acoustics around it right yes and so is this disembodied voice so that's telling me that that may even have some kind of mass too or some type of propulsion much like our vocal boxes and how they create sound too right so again it's it's related but not related it's another way that I'm thinking about how these things interact with their environment. And what that also tells me is they're not as different from us as I thought they were because they're kind of, I mean, I mean, they're very different. We don't see when a person passes away, we don't see them anymore, but a spirit may be more in tune with our physical world than we give it credit for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's so compelling about what we captured for lack of a better term at mm. Clayhouse was yeah. that, those atmospheric conditions, those change the temperature, the EMF, those changes when you put them side by side mm -hmm. are almost an exact match to what would happen if an actual 
living, breathing person. Yeah, exactly. Came down those stairs. So, yeah. so to your point, there's, there's not much difference in the, the energy that they're putting out, except how are they able to do that? Affect it like yeah. a human, but yet we can't see them. That's, that's the real head screw. Well, yeah. What I, you know, I hate to preach, but thinking about this even more and more, maybe, maybe we're overthinking this thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, it could be possible. Maybe we're overthinking all this stuff. I, I, you know, and you know, I, and it's, it's good to wonder, it's good to dream and try to, you know, figure these things out and, and, and take your mind other places. But, you know, and again, I don't have the answers. I don't have any answers here, but maybe we are maybe overthinking this and these things aren't as different as we thought they are, or as we think they are. Right. So any other thoughts on this, James, any other ideas you may have? And uh, we've covered a lot in a very short time. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I, th I think we kind of beat it up pretty good. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's where it's, it's still something that is just yeah. so fascinating to me because it's, it's actual data that should not have been there but but yet and, it and was and the fact that it yeah. it mirrored what the reports were yeah um is something that i find very compelling but also as i keep saying very frustrating because you know it's it's like jack skellington so what does it all mean you know well, it's like well, yeah what, how does this fit so it's 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 great and i i just love the idea that it wasn't it wasn't a scary thing you know, yeah. as we watched, it's you know, cool. and, and again, I always say that when I do think that I've, you know, seen something that I would call a ghost, I've never seen it, you know, a headless ghost or, you know, when I see things, it they're not scary. I just think they're people. And this was an instance where looking at that monitor, Mark and I were both like, that is a person coming down the stairs. And we're just kind of like, oh, man, here we go again. And then that rush to be like, nobody turned the corner <laughs> the, uh, the the sensors were acting like something had turned the corner and was yeah. coming down mm -hmm. and then to have it stop at a point where we could just look across the well-lit room mm -hmm. and be like there is nothing there except weird atmospheric <laughs> type changes that are taking yeah. place is just those are the things that keep me guessing and you know, yeah, keep me totally digging for, for answers well the more you learn the more you learn did you don't know anything <laughs> Exactly. And that's, exactly. I know. It's, I know. I we can both identify with that statement. Yes, I know very I'm, I'm well there. put. <laughs> and and it goes. But what you're saying, the again goes back to what I said before, though. Too, I'm. And there's one thing I am kind of convinced about with this stuff is that the majority of disembodied spirits, souls, um, they're they're yeah, they're not like you said. They're you know the things you've seen, they haven't been scary. The things I've seen have not been scary. It's been nothing, no demons popped out of walls. Yeah, nothing with with no head come running out at me, chasing right. me down the, the hallway. Nothing like that at all. They were just things that happened that I was paying enough attention to at the time to notice, right? And yes. that's, it's those subtleties we talk about. Um, and that's, that's the big thing with that is that um, – it's just, it, it's just about those subtleties, I think. That's all it really is. Uh, that's why I think we do this. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, it makes for really boring television when, you know, they're like, wow, isn't this cool? Look at this chart. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it doesn't make for good television, but it's the stuff that is just, mm -hmm. you know, really keeps you going because it's just so fascinating when you can look at it and go, this doesn't 
compute. But but yeah. again, as as you said, they're they're very subtle things that you know. I think I I think there's been a lot more in the past few years of the idea that these ghosts are doing these monumental things and they're doing it on command. And I I can't help but wonder when I watch some of these shows and hear these things that there's a ghost standing over in the corner telling his other ghost friend. I didn't do any of that. I don't know what the heck they're that, talking about. Well, that's about. what I, and that's what I, I didn't gonna, do anything like yeah, that. That's what I was going to say before my brain melted down again. Uh, is just, <laughs> like I said a minute ago, uh, I think the majority of these spirits and these, you know, what we would consider spirits, they're just like us. They're people. They're conscious. They, they, they're a consciousness that's carried over, and they and they still have the same thoughts. They, you know, it may they may be in a different mind space, but I again, I don't. It goes back to your point, James. They're not. I don't think they're out to get us. Um, that's the last thing I'm worried about now is that, you know, it's some malevolent thing. Uh, I know some people have a different opinion on that, and I respect that. But I think the, it goes right back to the experiences uh, we've had. None of them have been scary. So I don't think it's a scary thing. I think it's an interesting thing. And I think it's something that, yeah, definitely deserves us to keep asking the questions about. Exactly. I mean, I think it's if you want to say that there is fear involved with, with ghosts, I think it's fear of the unknown. Absolutely. You know, you have something yeah. happening that you're like, wait a second, this doesn't compute. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And, you know, I've had over the years, many investigators that when kind of confronted with something like that, they're like, nah, this doesn't fit into my little box here. <laughs> I, I, I can't deal with this right now. And so I've seen that aspect, but you're exactly right. The idea that they're going to get us, you know, it's oh, no, I, I, we should all be so lucky that, that yeah. there's ghosts that have it in for us because at least we'd get better evidence that way, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> James, thank you so much for talking to me about this. Thank you. Uh, it is thanks for sharing a this. pleasure. Yeah, thanks no, for sharing I, I, this. I love it. Cool. I love it. And now, now I'm hungry. I, topic. I really want to go to uh, Clay House now because, like I said, I've been looking at the – this looks like a fun place to go hang out at. Um, and then just like the menu. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Yeah, it's it it is a great place, and and like I said, you go in there and you feel like exactly what Betty wanted it to be, which is yeah. like you you've come home, you know, kick your shoes off and stay for a little while, you know, get warm by the fireplace before you continue on your journey. So it's I think that's what they've kept alive, and if Betty did choose to come back, I'm sure she'd be hanging out there because she'd be really proud of what she created and what's continuing on. You have been listening to Stairway Spirits, a production of Ghostly Talk. Stairway Spirits can be found at stairwayspirits.com. Our mothership, Ghostly Talk, can be found at ghostlytalk.com. We want to hear about your Stairway Spirits. Feel free to reach out to us at stairwayspirits at ghostlytalk.com. Thank you for listening.